and welcome to this episode of Tanja's Talks. Today we are joined by my friends Eliza and Kay. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. Um, how are you guys? Yeah, all good, thank you. Very well, thank um, So we've just finished our bank holiday weekend, so everyone's back at work. So we thought we'd start off with having a discussion about some topics. So um, with my friend Khadija, she has um, gone through the pandemic and suffered quite a few losses. Um, can you kind of um, elaborate on that, Kay? Yeah, so basically, um, I think more so it was to do with people that we lost due to other illnesses than actual COVID. I think one of my aunts recently passed away. <clears throat> few weeks ago from covid but prior to that it was more um family mem- members passing away from other illnesses so one of my aunts on my dad's side she was just really ill <clears throat> elderly and ill and we couldn't see her every time we planned to go and see her um something or another came up and then the pandemic hit and that's when she was really really poorly and then we found out she passed away same with my uncle um that one really hit home for us because he was really young um so he was diagnosed with cancer many many years ago and he was just battling it and from 2018 it just got really really bad and then um I think 2019 that's when he started having all these major operations and I think in summer last year they told him look we can't help you anymore everything else is everything that we've done for you hasn't worked so they said basically they gave him a time of deadline of by December is the length of time that you've got before you pass away unfortunately due to the pandemic we couldn't go see him they don't live in London um they didn't really come around I think he came down twice when the lockdown lifted in August and that was it so the next time all of us went and saw him was literally on his deathbed and I feel like for us as a family especially me and my mum where we were always up to and um to Brighton we're always visiting them we were very, very close with him. It really hit home because me and mum were like, him being this sick, we would have never, ever let his wife go through that alone. He's got very young children, so they're all under the age of 16. So we're like, we would have been there. We would have supported her. We would have supported my uncle. So he knew we were around. But he went at a time where even if he wanted anyone to go and visit, even when the lockdown lifted, he was too scared of catching it and dying from it, which is completely understandable. But I feel like it's left such a big hole in like my life because we never really got to spend his last moments with him. He was always in and out of hospital or very poorly at home, crying down the phone when he used to speak to us because he wanted to see us and sit likewise with us. We've got kids, like my daughter didn't really get to go around. She was only, what she just turned two. So the whole year she missed out on a lot of family and seeing people and especially with him and him not being here. Everything was done via FaceTime or me sending him pictures to try and keep that bond. So I feel like it's had a major impact on my life because of, purely because of the fact that we've, I've grown up with him. We've done everything. Every time, we, every holiday, any little break me and my mum got, we were always down to see him and the kids. And now it's just the whole year we didn't get to see him. And then unfortunately, he passed away. Sadly, the, the whole situation has been so difficult. Yeah, traumatising. It um, is. We've also got Sam who's come in today. Hi, Sam. Hi. So Sam is Elisa's sister. Sorry to cut you off, okay? Um, Sam no, is Elisa's sister. 
and they both uh, went through pregnancies together during the pandemic so Sam's husband is a healthcare professional he's a doctor so how has the pandemic been for your husband like being in the front line and you being pregnant does he like kind of come home with work in his mind has he been stressed out how's it been for you Sam uh it's been it's been okay it's been a, a very big change but uh, what I'd say is he was my husband was really really careful um because he had to see patients who um who's a lot of them had covid um and me being pregnant as well as my father-in-law who's quite elderly um he felt like it was a lot of pressure on him to make sure he's being oh. as um careful with not bringing covid home and like catching it himself and bringing it home so he was just being overly cautious with everything and he was the one that had to do everything in terms of um go out and get the groceries and go out and um you know pick up prescriptions or whatever we needed he was the one that had to go and do everything as well as go to work see patients come home so i think there was a lot of pressure on him there and um keeping me and my father-in-law safe and away from covid um in terms of the pandemic um what do you what what do you guys think do you guys think we're going to be out of it soon or do you guys think it's going to go on for another couple of years what do you guys think i think that it should it should um ease up soon especially because of the vaccine uh, that's out now and and uh, most people that i know have, have kind of yeah um what about uk what do you think I'm on the fence with that at the minute Babe. because yeah. I feel like, yes, there's a vaccine. Yes, <laughs> excuse me, a lot of people are getting it done, which is good. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, again, Britain messed up with so many things. Why the hell was the border open? Why is yeah. you so badly infected again? Because all the Brits flipping flew out and decided to go and park pass on everything there all these mutant strains would have been avoided had the borders been closed had no one yeah. been allowed to travel all across the, UK, mm. the world i'm not talking about uk i'm talking about everywhere no one's allowed to go anywhere stay in your country this would have been nipped in the bud within less than six months the moment it came out it should, like you know how new zealand did it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly look at them they were the smartest country to just be like, no, nobody's going anywhere, no one's leaving, nobody's coming in. Simple yeah. as. This would have been sorted in six months. Unfortunately, due to the government stupidity, we have <laughs> lost thousands and thousands of people, which is sad. Yeah. I, know, I know a friend, they lost four family members due to COVID in the space of four days. So it's, it's heartbreaking when you hear these things because... Yeah everybody's scared we're all scared i went with the nhs during the whole yeah. pandemic i felt the same way i was proper scared to come home i was worried mm, every single yeah. time i got on the bus every time i went into work every time i left it caused me to have anxiety so even when i caused my parents my mom's diabetic my daughter's young all that went through my head imagine i have it i i don't test like i test negative and i pass it on to them what on earth is gonna happen i can't protect them and at the time, you also got to remember when COVID first came out, they didn't care about wearing masks. No one told yeah. us about masks. No one told yeah. us about anything. So no PPE everybody was, was provided. There wasn't enough PPE in the yeah. first place. Yeah. Exactly. So even in my workplace, we were still seeing patients. Patients were still coming in. Obviously, they were getting triaged beforehand, which needs to be done. But still, we don't know. People could have a false negative. People could have a false positive. We're yeah. still, we were still all mixed up in, the in testing. that. 
yeah. at the beginning, the test was a bit of a mess, I remember. It was yeah, awful. Yeah. So yeah. I know a majority of us at my workplace, within the first month, we were all sick. We had practically one or two members of staff in. And again, that played in my head. Oh my God, do we have it? I'm asthmatic. So I, when I did get ill, I was like, oh my God, I can't breathe. Imagine I die from this. It's like, it goes through your head because yeah, it's new. Yeah, it's new. Yeah. Everybody, Everybody's scared. Nobody understands what on earth is going to happen with it. So I just feel like at the minute, I'm on the fence about, is it going to get better? I feel like they should stick to the plans of cancelling all flights yeah. to out of the country for summer. I know, guys, we are all struggling. We're stuck. We're bored. We've got children. <laughs> we want to explore. We want to have fun. But seriously, guys, UK has a lot to offer. Just enjoy what we yeah. have. Here. We have such a beautiful country. Like We do. Yeah. And they have amazing free activities that we can do with our children. The park is free. Summer's coming up. Take yeah. them to the park. These kids don't need fancy holidays and mm. X, Y, and Z to un- appreciate family value and family time. Take them to local places and just protect us and our families because, yeah, I've had one loss, but other people must have had so Such many members more. of their family that yeah. passed away or people that they know. It's, it's not a nice feeling. So my thing is for this year, people just put a break on all plans from next year fly out do what you got to do when we know mm. there's more stability and we're not gonna then cause harm to people in other countries we can't mm. be selfish and just worry about uk we've got to worry about the countries we're flying out to as well so right now no i'm not really i'm quite skeptical about it yeah. being over by summer yeah i feel like it'll take about same. another year if people don't you know follow the rules and maintain it else what do you think about influencers being invited to dubai or do you think that's selfish oh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's a difficult one, really, because you you just think, you know, right now it's just the whole world has been affected by this virus. So mm. you sort of feel like, you know, regardless of what you're doing as a job or whatever it is, you know, just if everyone could just be considerate and just stay at home for a night until everyone's been vaccinated and until it's the numbers have gone down and stuff, then you feel like, you know, we could all recover from it a lot easier, but... It's just like there's a lot of people that just sort of don't really haven't really sort of understood it for what it is. And even though, you know, you've seen how severe it's been, but some people just sort of turn are turning a blind eye to it and just don't want to really believe, you know, how bad mm-hmm. it is to continue with life as it is. Um, I agree. Yeah. And do you think that's a lot in our because we're Bengali, yeah? all of us and do you feel like a mm-hmm. lot of Bengalis didn't take it seriously at the beginning because I believe that definitely 100% 100% I feel like those that were really really elderly they were scared so I've got a lot of elderly aunts and uncles they were proper scared like as I told you guys earlier my aunt's a triple amputee my uncle was like no one's coming to this house his own kids were banned yeah. He was like, no one's coming because if she catches it, she will die. She's so vulnerable. I'm elderly. No, like, literally had nobody. He didn't even allow carers into his home. Now, can you imagine the strain that was put onto him yeah. having to look after his wife full time? And my uncle's in his 70s. It's not easy. Oh. Like taking her to the bathroom, washing her down. He did everything, cooking, cleaning. He did everything for her because he did not want to risk you know, these carers go into so many people's properties, then they're going to come into his home. He was like, I don't trust it, I'll do it myself. So I feel like we had um, 
I can't just say it was just Bengalis that didn't take it seriously. I feel like overall it was everybody that didn't take it yeah. seriously. Yeah, yeah. We had certain groups that took it very, very seriously and were very, very rigid in terms of no visitors, no nothing. Even the support bubble, they didn't believe in it. And then you had the other group that were didn't care more relaxed. Like, oh, it's a normal common cold. We <laughs> had swine flu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Let's go here. Let's mix up yeah. with about fifty other people. Yeah, and not care about the consequences. Mm. Yeah. But I think the reason was because it wasn't, um, as soon as it came out, it wasn't explained how deadly this could be. It was, mm-hmm. and then everyone kind of um, just accepted that, oh, it is similar to a common cold. It's not that bad. And then once the first wave kind of um, was in full swing and so many people lost their lives, that's when people start started realising, but not everyone. Um, yeah. and, then, and then as soon as uh, summer came, a lot of people, I don't know why, just kind of, decided to go back to normal and the second wave came about i think people have taken it a bit more seriously after that um from the start but also don't you guys believe like well i feel not even believe is a too strong of a word that the government cocked it up again because how the hell did they give us this promotion eat out to help out family everyone's been stuck at home we're all bored. We're going to go out and we're going to eat and we're going to socialise and we're going to do it. So how did you guys give us the go-ahead? So the government misguided us yet again to make us feel like, yeah, guys, we've got it under control. People aren't dying. Summertime, did you see the statistics? It wasn't that high. Mm. Everybody yeah. was a bit more relaxed in terms mm. of, oh, okay, I think this is going away. Maybe the heat's killing it. We all had all of these theories in our head. Come winter again, or everybody's dying. Again, what had happened, and I agree with Sam, is People didn't understand. We were confused. So in March, we were told it's not that deep. Then people started dying in masses. Then we're like, okay, this is scary. Summer, go out and eat, guys. Help the government. Help, you know, we give you 50% off. Yeah. Help, help your country. We had that. Then come winter again, everybody was dying again. And we're like, okay, hold on. Is this a common cold? Or is this actually been around the whole summer and we didn't have a clue and schools opened and people went back into offices and started cross-contaminating again so i feel like it's just been such a mixture of information yes i i agree that it's a new thing and the government itself didn't understand how to deal with it but really they should have learned from march and just not had anything last year because i don't think we'd be in lockdown at the minute yeah there was there was silly rules around um where you know like with with our pregnancies it was like, yeah, you, you're only one partner, only your husband can go in. And sometimes it'll be like for scans, um, y- your partner can come in the scan with you. And sometimes it'll be no, no, it just has to be the, the person who's pregnant. But then there's, so at the in those times, you kind of want your partner with you. And then yeah. other times mm. you've got eat out to help out, which was, it was just really silly. And it was just, you know, during your labor, you want your partner with you. But then to eat out, it's that's not that much of a big deal. Why was it... Um, you know promoted so much and everyone was able mm. to kind of meet up go out to eat and it, it, a lot of restaurants were not kind of like following the social distancing rules you yeah. beforehand to say is it is it socially distanced and then when you turn up it's just them in kind of taking a temperature and then the tables are still pretty close to each other mm. um because at the end of the day they suffered as well so they kind of want me to make up some some losses but then it, it was just too risky it's like a catch, um, is it catch 22 situation? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Els, how did you feel about um, 
eat out to help out because all of us did it um yeah. like we all did it but I do you guys think like in terms of I, personally for me I think Rishi Sunak he's done well with the furlough scheme I think that's an amazing scheme 100% yeah you yeah. know um that's helped my husband that's helped a lot of families but do you think with a yacht to help out he kind of messed up big time yeah definitely I think I think as I said before it would have been easier if everyone had just sort of got together and just stayed at home and just you know gave it a bit of time for it to go away um I, I think just um obviously yeah as Katie mentioned it was as soon as that came about everyone was like okay we can go out now we can start eating out together with friends meet up with everyone and stuff and it just you know straight away we saw the effect it had um yeah it was just it was just a silly move really but but I do understand in the sense that you know the government was trying to help everyone um they were mentally as well yeah economically yeah exactly and also you know all these businesses they were suffering huge huge losses and so in that sense, yeah. I understand that they were trying because as soon as it happened and you know as soon as lockdown happened it was like um, everyone was suffering some sort of loss um, financially and stuff and I think they just thought let's try and recover from it as fast as we can mm. but I think mm. they just did it too soon and it just that that's probably what triggered the second wave even faster than than yeah. Um, do you guys remember for New Year's they were saying how Christmas and New Year's we're all gonna we're all allowed to see our families yeah, and yeah. Um, I remember like loads of restaurants and big like pubs I was listening to the radio and they were saying we were booked out for New Year's yeah. we were booked out and they all yeah. you know when you're booked out you order supplies you order food yeah, you yeah. money invest and suddenly they got cancelled yeah it was I just think like yeah that was horrible yeah I think that must have been really difficult for people um, especially because they were kind we had a bit of a lockdown before Christmas so that people could spend time with their families obviously I don't mm. celebrate it but I know people yeah. who who do would have really been looking forward to it and a lot of people who have kind of um who live away from their family and only get together during Christmas that must have been really really difficult for them um especially because that, that lockdown kind of never finished it just carried on yeah. um, all throughout Christmas and it was just there was kind of no end in sight with that one um it's quite I think that one was the worst lockdown because um, I remember like everyone was so excited I was like yeah, yeah. I'm gonna see my family and I was quite upset because my father-in-law was turning 70 and then it was just like yeah it was cancelled and it was just so upsetting and then we thought okay we're just not allowed out in Christmas and then they carried on the lockdown but it was because of the schools opening obviously death started to rise it started mm, to spread yeah. more yes um, with that as well because they'd kind of told us around Christmas time everything should kind of settle down and then I was due around first week of January so for me that was um that was a good good news because I thought my family could come come and meet my my son when he's born um but that that of course didn't happen as soon as we got out of hospital we quarantined for two weeks just to make sure that the people that we were living with in the house were safe we quarantined in our room oh that must have been mentally straining it was it was it was good and bad because I was able to kind of um rest up and er, my in-laws and everyone were really great they were able they were just leaving food outside the room we've got an ensuite so we kind of just were able to stay in the room and I was breastfeeding my son so it wasn't I know a lot of people might have found it a lot harder with kind of cleaning bottles if they're formula feeding, etc. But it was it was good and bad because he wasn't able to meet his grandparents and his uncles and aunties in the house. Um, but the the kind of ultimate goal was to keep everyone safe, especially if I had caught something in hospital because a woman in my bay had tested positive. 
um luckily oh. i i avoid i didn't i didn't catch it but it was just it was just preparing for in my final trimester i was quite happy with you know everyone will be able to meet him once he's born but then that that changed and it was completely different to what we had thought um but but it meant everyone everyone was safe at the end of the day so i, I can only be grateful for that um how was it how was it for you Els, when you came out of hospital yeah it was it was the same thing really it was I, I couldn't i mean it was harder for me in the sense that i didn't really have anyone at home um it was just my husband and my daughter so it was like i was just stressing about coming home and having to um look after them as well as looking after the new baby and stuff but um but my in-laws were really, really helpful. My parents were really helpful too. They were just dropping off food for us and making sure that you know they they can do. They were doing as much as they could from a distance. So um, yeah, but it was just it, it was it was a crazy time. Um, but to be honest, I really felt for like oh, there was a few friends, um, even my sister. They they it was people who had their first time pregnancies. I just I was yeah. I can't imagine what they would have gone through especially during labor like a few friends of mine that were um that went through labor when um when it was full-on lockdown um and their partners weren't even allowed inside until they were like literally about to give birth and then an hour before something yeah yeah yeah, it was just crazy because one of my friends um husband almost missed the birth as well and he literally just about made it in time and you know, it was. It, you just think like it's it, it's such a horrible time for a woman to go through that on their own. Um, yeah, have any sort of support, but um, yeah, that, that it really helps me. having someone. It really helps having someone that you kind of love and trust there yeah, with you course, going yeah. through labor. And the other thing was the rules were changing so frequently. It was like you just have to me- mentally prepare yourself to go in there alone if that mm. it came down yeah. to it, especially you had covid whilst you're giving birth some hospitals wouldn't let the par- partner in if he had yeah. as well yeah um, so it was making sure we don't catch it making sure we're kind of up to date with the rules and just generally just preparing for the worst which is giving birth on your own even if it's your first labor because you and also without any antenatal classes you don't really know what to expect because yeah i didn't really want to speak to people about their labor experience because i didn't want to traumatize yeah, myself. Traumatized. yeah. yeah. and you, there's never any good stories to hear but um yeah it was just it was just the unknown basically yeah i think for, mm. for me thankfully i had um i had really good midwives that were really helpful so i was um i was grateful but they did um they did allow my husband to be there um but it was kind of closer to when i was um when I was about to give birth, basically, that's when they'd allowed him in. Um, but they were really helpful. They were so lovely. And, you know, they just really helped look after me. But I've heard stories from other people who have had to, um, you know, give birth without their partners there. And um, and they had horrible midwives as well. And it was just, I was just thinking that must be such a traumatizing experience, yeah. you know, not being able to sort of have someone there that with you and then also being sort of you know not feeling like you're getting the adequate sort of care from the feeling vulnerable yeah. as well mm. yeah yeah but to be honest it doesn't matter how much your midwife supports you I could never see myself give giving birth without my husband there yes yeah, I feel like it's such an intimate moment that they stole from a lot of people and mm. yeah people might think okay I'm being harsh but guys we're, we went on public transport packed buses packed trains yes. and we we're traveling to and from work yeah. I was in restaurants and parks and so forth 
me coming back from work, it used to make me mad. I used to get so upset because of the fact that why are all you people on the bus? Mm. Why? Where is old people going at seven o'clock in the morning? Where? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm jumping on the train and the trains are packed. No, I know I sound horrible, but seriously, I had really bad anxiety from it because yeah. then when I had exactly like you guys, obviously you guys were pregnant at the time. I had other family members and um friends that were pregnant at the time and exactly what I kept thinking is I can't see myself giving birth to my daughter without my husband there how on earth are these women gonna do it yeah but it's okay for me to sit on a packed bus we're from the same household <laughs> are you not testing us beforehand did you guys get tested for COVID before birth how what yeah what was the protocols as soon as I went into hospital um because I had to be induced um so okay. as soon as we went in they tested well my husband dropped me off and then they tested me for covid i had to stay in for a couple of days but every time so when i had to stay in i was in the daycare assessment unit and then when i'd move when my labor had progressed i'd moved to the labor ward but that happened a couple of times but each time i went to the labor ward they'd have to uh, do a covid test and whenever oh my, my husband was allowed in they'd do a covid test as well um and then if it was if it was positive for him, I think they'd said um, once the baby's born, he's not going to be able to come in during because mm. they had kind of assessed that I'd have to stay in for a couple of days after the birth. And they were saying if he has COVID, he's not going to be allowed in to see the baby for the next couple of days whilst I'm in the hospital. But if he's OK, um, he'll be allowed during visiting hours, which was literally one and a half hours. Um, and it's quite sad for him because it was his firstborn and it's, um, yeah. he'd want to spend those He's been waiting for so long to meet his son. I've had the baby inside my tummy for nine months, so I've kind of connected with the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he only had an hour after the birth to hold his son. And then the next day he had to wait until the visiting hour, which was about 3.30. And then he was only able to come in for that period of time and then leave again, which was quite sad. Um, but yeah, yeah, we did have to get COVID tested um, a couple of times. It's not very comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. I was like gagging. I was gagging in between my con- contractions. Whilst the oh. midwife was like, "Open your mouth and just take like taking it from me." Um, mm. The the COVID test. Um, Kate. Feel- like, oh, sorry, you guys go on. Yeah, sorry, Sam. I was gonna ask you. Like, obviously, you mentioned that's your first baby. Um, obviously, you as a mother, like you said, you bonded with your son anyway. With your husband not being there, what kind of effect did it have on him? Because people always focus on the mothers. They re- rarely ever talk about the dads. That's yeah, true. yeah, that is true. I think I think I was quite um, careful to make sure that he was as involved as he could be. Um, whatever he wanted to do, I'd let him do it, like changing nappies, um, birthing baby. He was so hands-on as well. It was really, really helpful, especially because I'd had an emergency C-section. So it wasn't easy oh. to, to take mm. care of the baby by myself in the hospital. Um, even lifting him up was really really hurt the wound Um, but as soon as so he whenever he would come during the visiting hours I'd try and kind of not ask him for all the 101 things that I needed done it was just let him hold his baby and do what he needed to do and spend time with his son and then when we came home he was just so hands-on as well it was just so helpful and it was he just wanted to call everyone and introduce his son to everyone through video call because he was just so excited Oh, um, so it was whatever he wanted to do I was just happy as also it was it was helping me as well give, give me that that time to rest and he would do nappy changes and 
the feeding he couldn't really help with because he found me. Yeah. <laughs> But even even waking up in the middle of the night, he didn't need to do it, but he'd just sit with me whilst I was feeding feeding the baby just because he was off as well during he had paternity leave and he kind of wanted to be involved with all of that. Um, so I think it's always important for women to kind of remember that your husband yeah. kind of, there's, there's this kind of bond and closeness he needs to have with baby as well. And skin to skin as well, he kind of did that. And um, mm. we have the, um, you know, the date, you chew a bit of the date and you put it in the newborns at yes. the roof of their mouth yes. but when they're born. So all of these things, it, it was his role to kind of do. And as soon as the baby was born, I remember kind of lying there because I, um, I needed to be stitched back up and I could see him holding the baby and he was so excited. And he was like, he had little newborn nappy in his hand and he was, um, the, the, the kind of people in the, in the theatre were saying, do you want to put the nappy on? He was just so excited to do all that. And it just kind of made me cry out of happiness because it was just mm-hmm. like, I couldn't do anything and I couldn't move. But he was the one that was kind of taking care of the baby whilst I could mute. I could I barely keep my eyes open at that point. And then he kind of just like left the room with the baby. He was like, yeah, I'm going to the, the recovery bit with my son. You, you get stitched up. <laughs> so, yeah, it was nice. It was nice that he was able to spend, even though it was only an hour, but just let him spend that time with his with his baby and I had baby after that do you guys think with um our generation nowadays the guys are so involved like um they're very involved like you know um say our parents times it was so different wasn't it like it was really like just the women did it all and now it's like our husbands are very like they're very involved as fathers they help out the nappy changing they know so much information. Yeah. It is yeah. so different now, isn't it? Like I think when my mom sees even Cameron doing stuff, she'll be like, "Oh, you know, like I've not really seen that much." You know, and yes. I'm like, so many of my friends' husbands are like that. Like they're all like very involved. I think it really helps with the bond between the father and the baby as well when yeah. that's being done because I th- I think you can see the difference in relationships for the older generation and their children, um, where where the children are a lot closer to the mum, a bit more scared. Mm. Than, careful with that yeah Yeah. (laughs) and now it's more (laughs) of a free open kind of relationship which is what you want to have with your children um and and it starts early and it's really good to see that happening nowadays with with dads being more hands-on Elisa in terms of um, society and culture which is something I focus on a lot but do you think it was ingrained in us as children when we were young to be always be the mothers the caregivers the house you know do the housework it's not just in our culture as well it's just in everywhere like we're given dolls to play with as kids yeah definitely definitely um i think um we're just so used to it from like you know the way we were brought up really just seeing our mothers do everything and the, the fathers are just sort of go to work and, um yeah they're just you know they're, they're not so involved with doing things like feeding the baby or um, looking after the children as much. I mean, our, to be honest, our dad did do a lot with us, but not so much in the sense of like feeding us or, um, you know, like changing nappies or that sort of stuff was always done by by our mum. Mm. Um, it was it was. Dad changed um, my nappy once, and he cleaned it with window cleaner, <laughs> and I ended up getting a rash <laughs> when I was a baby. Yeah. I was told that story. <laughs> I think um, they're just sort of that generation. The the dads didn't really know how to do these sorts of things as much. 
Um, yeah. They just they were just never brought up, you know. They in that sense, knowing how to look after kids or anything, they were just more there for like you know playing with them or making sure you're doing your work, going to school, that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think nowadays definitely everything's changed so much. Um, even with my husband, he's always you know hands on with my both my daughters. Um, not so much with the nappy changing, but um, but with with feeding them and stuff, he does um, he does do a lot. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's so it's so helpful just having somebody else help out. And also, I think in our parents' generation, the mothers were more um, housewives rather than working. Yeah. Whereas yeah. our generation, everyone's um, you know everyone's working, so it's just it's easier when you're both doing like um 50 50 on helping out kids it's like you're a team and like in, also islamically you're supposed to, it says it 50 percent is housework and chores and everything's supposed to be 50 percent as well yeah. and i think with culture that got kind of divided yeah. and changed yeah up a bit. that's where the overlap of culture came in where it's like the girls are in the kitchen and the guys yeah. out there you know working yeah. and then yeah. as as obviously society has started changing girls started working girls started doing and I feel like still we still have more pressure that as girls even though we work we still have to do stuff at home too even though like our husbands are helpful and they're lovely yeah we still have a long way to go yeah definitely um Kay um how have you been finding it with being at home with a toddler that's so young and probably wants to explore and go out and have fun like how have you been keeping it entertained Honestly, that's been really tough. So <laughs> where I've been working and my husband's been on furlough, bless him, he's been having to think of things the days that I'm not at home to keep oh. it entertained. Yes, it's hard, isn't it? Because she was so used to, so since she's been born, we've taken on holidays, we've gone trips around UK. She's She's been around people. She's a people's yeah. person. So for all of a sudden, for her to be trapped at home, I noticed a change in behaviour and in her mood. Because she she kept seeing us, she didn't see anybody else. She was bored every time she wanted to, just basically be a child, isn't it? Explore. So as soon as the weather got a bit warmer, we used to take her to the park. Luckily, we've got a park literally downstairs, and it's quiet. It's always very very quiet. So we used to take her down. She used to play. Then it was that thing, though. You know, usually when you take your child out and you play, you're not really that worried about germs and you know anything else. This time around when we took her, I was like, oh, my God, what if she gets something? What if we catch something? Like, it was just going through my head. So as soon as we used to bring her home, front, we used to walk through the doors. I used to strip her down and chuck her in the bath and then give her a wash down. Yeah. Yeah. You can't trust anything nowadays. But yeah. I feel like it's come down to, um, as parents, really, it's not that difficult keeping children entertained at home at this age. Probably because she's only just turned two. Probably older children, it'll be harder, but I've got things like um, painting, crayons, colouring books, lots of different activities to do at home. Um, On CBBS, there's a programme called Baby Club, so we used to watch that. I love Baby Club. Oh, (laughs) me too. So we used to basically put it on and sing and dance with them, and it's just basically keep her very entertained and interactive at home. Like you guys were men- um, mentioned earlier about us having to still cooking, provide for the family. That's something that is, is difficult when you're working. You've come back and you had to wake up at six o'clock in the morning. My toddler's an awful sleeper. 
Um, just still is. People told me it gets easier, guys. It really doesn't. It does. Um, <laughs> it really doesn't. She still wakes up like a newborn baby. So, guys, if you guys are sleep deprived, I am too. Don't worry. Two, I'm two years running with no sleep. Um, so it, even coming back, so I used to feel like because I used to go to work, she used to kind of have that little bit of separation anxiety. I used to come home. So when I needed to cook, what I would do then is like she had her own little cooker. I would give her stuff. Like she'll take a potato or she'll take an apple and pretend to cook. I'll give her some bubbles and some water. It's, you just had to think on your feet, really. Yeah, be creative. To, that's what it is. But I've seen yeah. like a lot of you, especially you, Tanj, like you've been doing a lot of things with Aiden yeah. and it's been amazing. Um, I think it's because I document it. You guys just don't document it. Like I put it out there. <laughs> yeah, but you come um, up with really good ideas. Certain yeah. things you would have think about. Yeah. I think because when I was a child, I used to be really bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reliving my childhood. I'm so bored. I'm bored. My husband always says that to me, like everything I do with, with my daughter, he's always like, you're just re- literally reliving your childhood and making sure it's like, <laughs> better this time round. And I'm like, yeah, certain things that I, I didn't get the opportunity to do. I'm just trying to, trying to do it with my daughter. Yeah. How have, how have you found it with homeschooling, um, Elisa, with um, Elisa and keeping her entertained? Yeah, I mean, so that that was that was quite tough, just mainly because I was pregnant and so well, it was more more so because of that reason I found it harder. But um, I mean, she loves going to nursery and she's been going since she was like one years old. Um, but when when she when her nursery was closed and I had to keep her at home, I had to li- literally just come up with um, different ways of trying to keep her entertained and make sure that she's trying to get a bit of. Um, stimulating her learning a little bit as well but luckily I've got quite a few friends who are um, primary school teachers and a lot of them gave me like really good material they sent me stuff through on email and stuff and I was just able to um, print them off and get her to like complete different um, worksheets and stuff and she really loved it but it's just I just really regret not being able to be um, be well enough to sort of do more with her yeah but I think that's mom guilt isn't it like yeah. whatever you do you feel guilty like I should have done more. like even yeah. saying when I come back from work like you feel that mom guilt you're like oh but I should have done this but yeah. I need to cook yeah and it's it, it sometimes eats away at you you do really you does. do get it a lot yeah yes um in terms of um Sam like in terms of your son like are you already planning with the activities because you were telling me you're already excited yeah it, to do that it looks so good I've been I've been saving so many things on Instagram I know I've got a long but there's so many <laughs> creative people out there what they're doing how they're making um activity tables and you know all these kinds for their babies and I'm just like I need this kid to be a genius so I'm just saving all of this stuff and, <laughs> and I'm going to do all this with him but I just don't know where they get the end because it's not easy like dyeing rice and making them safe to eat and safe to play with and I don't know it just looks really cool document um, activity trees are good yeah, activity trees are good like I've I've seen them recently so on Instagram I see people do floor setup so they do like oh it be feathers or things that are red or like oh, wow. sensory things and then the kids babies go on the floor and they just kind of touch and feel and stuff like that I've seen a lot of people get get those trays I think they get them from like B&M or Home Bargains yeah um, oh. and yeah and I'm like oh if I had a newborn I would be doing that <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah <laughs> 
Mm. Yeah, but um, I've got a friend on Instagram. Like, she does card. She makes things out of cardboard boxes. I don't know if you've seen her Instagram, but like, she literally made a mosque out of cardboard box for Ramadan. She's made airplanes. She's made cars. She's made wow. kitchen. I feel like these and, have more than twenty four yeah. hours in their day, man. They're like super trust cool. me. Or yeah, they have like very she, well behaved kids. Stuff like that. I, I think also people get she enjoys it because I think you know when you're creating stuff it's more relaxing isn't it yeah you're kind of zoning out and chilling yeah. um in, te- in terms of yeah exactly and then the kids start learning about colors and numbers and they start getting fine motor scores by using the paints and things like that yeah um but yeah I I personally hated homeschooling I didn't really enjoy it because I felt like um, the teachers were giving us activities they would be like oh can you make a potion or can you bake a cake and it was like it's two o'clock and you just told me to bake a cake and what if I don't have all the ingredients yeah so I think that annoyed me a bit but then I get it the teachers had it hard because a lot of our friends are teachers and they were working full-on like mm. overtime you know working hard to keep our kids entertained but I was I was a bit like oh how am I supposed to go get this thing and do this and do that make a poppet but at the same time, it gave, that, those the teachers gave me ideas of what to do yeah. and activities and things. But um, I definitely think um, the park is like our kids like the park is really good for them. Sunshine is really good for them. It's good for us. Nature is good for us. Yeah. Um, do you guys like? Do you guys struggle? Because I struggle to get time to go for a walk or go to the park. Like I find it really hard sometimes. Yeah, mm. I I had wanted to go so many times, especially towards the end of the pregnancy, to just kind of um, get things going. It was just so, just, I don't know. And also, I think you just kind of get a bit scared of, are you going to catch COVID on this trip out? Or is someone going to, I don't know. Um, but it, after having a baby, that is, is just a mission. It's literally like a nappy change. That's preparing. Out down. Yeah, it's literally a whole day's work just to get out for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's true. In, in the beginning, I think I was quite scared of, um, there was like almost like, about a couple of months we we barely left the house because of just having that fear um but then we realized we're like we're not getting no sunlight we're literally you know just cooped up at home constantly so we started taking my daughter out quite a bit for walks and she really enjoyed it and um we discovered all these new places like close by to us and and she just like those um there's like a little um a little park where they bring horses and stuff as well so she was able to go I saw that yeah. you have it's, it's so pretty it's like horses yeah everywhere. and mm. like, there's so many lakes and stuff as well that we hadn't realized that we've got like literally just a couple of minutes away from us so we took her out just for walks around there and she really enjoyed it but um I would definitely recommend you guys to do more stuff with your firstborn because once you've got two kids it becomes really tough yeah how is it like yeah I mean it's just like I, I feel like I barely have any time anymore it's just when when my eldest is at nursery then I've, I can actually sit down and, and just like relax for a bit but then I'm always thinking oh I need to do this I need to do my laundry I need to get food ready you know there's so many other things on my head but, um, yes yeah it's just as soon as she comes home that's it it's like constantly you know one after the other this one needs feeding that one needs changing it's just um it's crazy but because because there's a few years gap between them both um my older daughter she's going to turn four soon and she's just um she's she's been quite helpful it's, it, it has been helpful having a bigger gap um in the sense that she's being able to help me a bit more with the baby but um but it's still tough it's, it's definitely tough so having two kids so definitely enjoy your time while you guys have one 
and, and do not go back to the team. Well, I think we'll just stick Basically, to the one thing. Right now. It is. <laughs> but definitely have more as well. Because <laughs> it is fun. Why you not left out? <laughs> no, but you know, it's, it's, it is fun having a sibling and I think it's just like my oldest, she just loves her baby sister. She's always like wanting to play with her and stuff, but she's just too young yeah. at the moment to, to actually play with her. But um, but they, it, is, it is a really special bond, you know, between siblings. So I definitely recommend go for, go for more to all of you guys. <laughs> Dr. Eliza has told everyone go for more kids. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god this is a conversation we always have here and they always like to me <laughs> when are you gonna have another kid because i had a kid around the same time as a lot of our friends yeah and um, everyone's had the second child literally around the same time and i still not had a second child and i'm like no i'm happy yeah you're like you're literally like the mom guru and gina like everyone comes to you for advice for everything it's true you're like one of the first ones out of us that had a baby yeah so, you're but so good at this stuff no but at the same time all of you guys had so much information as well like I would come to you guys as well like for help and everything too and that, that's the thing with me is I just feel like with because Aiden needs more time and attention I feel like if I have another baby that's going to take away from it so of that's course. why I feel like yeah. I need to focus on him more and also I just don't feel ready like especially now in the pandemic hearing your stories is even more of a put off like no, to be honest, I, would, I don't think yeah. anyone's ever ready after you have yeah. one, when I mean, you want the second one, you think, do I really want to put myself through this yeah. again? Yeah. Like, what would possess <laughs> me to go through that again? <laughs> the whole baby phase and then, because I can't imagine it. It's like a full ratings go to people that literally do it with a toddler and a newborn, especially the in the middle of a pan- pandemic when there is no help. You know, mm. usually we, we go to our mums or we have in-laws and we have a support unit. And I feel like because of the pandemic, you guys have kind of, lost out on that on that support yes, and you're having to do everything by yourself yeah i think there's also um i'd have to say there was a big positive for me though um being pregnant during the pandemic and giving birth because of the amount of time that you have to rest um even working from home that was amazing for me i can't imagine having to get on the train and go to work every day especially because i had pretty bad sickness i don't know how yeah. long to do that and it's just like i was just able to go to my own bathroom and just be sick there and then come and have a light down before I kind of get back to work and everyone was just so understanding with it at work um, and it was just so easy to kind of rest and then also after having the baby coming home um, I know it's so nice having everyone over but then you also have like extended family who want to yeah. come early on and then you feel like you need to entertain them as well like in your family yes. they can kind of understand you're not up to kind of giving them like a, a food or kind of properly entertaining them at that point and if there's a bit of a mess they're, they're understanding towards it but extended family you have a bit more pressure of like getting the, the house nice and tidy preparing something for them to eat and it's just I didn't have to worry about any of that because of the lockdown so I think there was a big positive in terms of helping me get back on my feet and and kind of well rested mm. but there, yeah you can heal from well. yeah um see when I had Aiden I felt like the, the the thing is you do get baby blues but I feel like having people around me kind of made me more like you know like more positive like felt too exciting but mm. at the same time I get what you mean about the healing because I wasn't fully healed actually same. I, was, I was really like ill and really bad but I just kind of put a brave face on for everyone and kind of carried on and spoke to everyone gave everyone time and I think I was at my mum's house for like a month. So they were like cooking and 
you know feeding everyone and stuff that was good but in terms of I couldn't even go up the stairs because it was like really hard for me and I was like now look back at it hearing your story I wouldn't mind that like we just kind of cooped up you're having time with your husband and your baby and kind of you know yeah it's nice I agree with that in that aspect because I had non-stop visitors for three weeks and it took me over nine weeks to heal so and I Mm. I guess it's purely because it came down to having visitors I understand this excitement and everybody comes out of love that's never an issue but I just feel like it's so important especially us women like I understand when somebody has a baby and it's like oh I can't wait to meet your child and um, so and so but it's so vital that minimum you give them two weeks without anybody because that bond between parent is so important especially the mother and the child a lot of people will not agree with it but yes you carry your child for nine months you give birth to it but birth is a very traumatic experience doesn't matter how well it goes people still suffer from trauma Mm. I did so when I felt like I had that pressure exactly like Sam said oh my god that intense pressure of there's people coming I gotta be looking good I can't be sitting in my pajamas and laying there trust me I had to get changed because I was at my mom's house for the first month my mom did everything but then I felt like my mom's working then she's coming cleaning and doing everything I started hoovering on the second day after giving birth because I was just like oh my god I feel so bad for my mom I was up and down the stairs and exactly like what you guys have said, you have to entertain people because it's rude. At the end of the day, in our heads, we've been brought up with that formality of somebody's come, you sit down, you have a cup of tea with them, you have a laugh with them. But in the back of your head, all you can think about is, dear God, just leave because I want to lie down. I'm in pain. And at night time, I suffered with the pain. Mm. So I feel like, yeah, yeah, way too much. But it's just that thing of, you're, especially like you said when you're at your mom's hands you know how it was you have that expectation of my family's doing everything and it's my kid let me go downstairs and kind of gel with people and kind of help where I can not we kind of neglected our health so I do agree with you guys in terms mm-hmm. of lockdown baby you had that whole healing process same with my sister-in-law she had a baby in February last year um, and she goes because of COVID nobody came she goes it's the best thing ever the whole month I healed, I rested, I got to bond with my baby. We had that family time where she didn't have to worry about entertaining. Yeah, and the other thing is, I think I've realised once I've had the baby, I wouldn't really want anyone coming to the hospital to see me in, in that state mm. as soon as the baby's born. Because you just, you just aren't in a place where you can... I don't know. I, th- I found the experience really good in terms of being able to rest as soon as I've had my baby rather than guests coming mm. to see, even though it's immediate family, but it's just, you, you still have to kind of look a certain way. Look, yeah. yeah. Someone's up. <laughs> Whose baby's that? Yeah. Oh, bless you. Okay. Um, in terms of, um, you know, when I was in labour, I had people come in because I was in a hospital that was near my mum. So it was all my local area. Uh, I had people visiting me in labour. I had people visiting me every day when I was being induced. Eee. I had people literally visit me in labour, like bring food. I had people visiting me straight after I gave birth. I had people visiting every day, but there were times where I just like fell asleep. Mm. Um, I, when I had a blood transfusion and he had drawn this, I remember I knocked out and then like, my family, my mom and everyone helped out, my sisters helped out. But at the same time, I, I weirdly like that stuff though. That's because I love yeah. surprising. 100%. Even though I'm in pain, I like people coming because I feel like, oh, I yeah. feel better. I was kind of the same as well. It's even though yes. I was exhausted, I'd never fell asleep because I used to find it rude and I was in pain. 
because I literally gave birth and my room was filled with like in-laws and my like my parents but I was just like after a while I was thinking to myself you kind of need to leave because I need to lift my legs up and lay down <laughs> I had like my you know brother-in-law in there and my sister-in-law's um husband there you're not going to exactly like lift your legs up and start relaxing so it is <laughs> it is that thing of yeah it's great and I love yeah. the help I love the support they like you said the food coming over checking up on Mo telling me to rest while they watch the baby but that never really happens because you want to sit down and you want to have a chat and you want to laugh with your family and you know you you want to socialize but Again, what ends up happening in our community, we neglect ourselves and our yeah, health to entertain people. As much as it's nice and we love them and we appreciate it, sometimes it's better for us to step back a little bit and let them heal. Forget physically, mentally, it's, they need to heal. It's so important that we mm. mentally kind of get to grips with being a new mum and, you know, bonding if you're trying to breastfeed, get that latch correct. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that we need to take into consideration. And I feel like we kind of neglect that in order to please other people. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, I that think there's good and bad. Good um, and bad side to the pandemic yeah. um, pregnancy. <laughs> Definitely. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on um, and discussing the pandemic and your losses and giving birth. Um, is there anything else that you guys like to um, promote? If you have an Instagram page or any, like, you know, any social media handles? Elisa? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, um, I do um, personal life frames um, on my Instagram page. It's Elisa's Canvas Boutique. Um, if anybody would like to order any gifts or anything for anyone I'm also doing some personalized um, Eid cards as well so feel free guys to check me out um, she also does canvases too so I'll, I'll tag her when I post her on my Insta page um, what about UK or Sam anything? oh so my brother does so my brother does a lot of events um, organizing so he does it with corporate companies as well as people that are hosting normal parties so he's at to the whistle on Instagram um, and he does like he's very um, sports orientated as well so he does um, ladies football in the evenings but it's that's in Bethnal Green in like East London um, but yeah he travels all across the UK in order to provide services for people who want to do events. Lovely having you guys on and I felt like you know we're all good friends so it's, it's nice yeah. to have a catch up. Catch up yeah. Thank yeah. You and hopefully I can see you guys yeah. soon. Yes, definitely. Yes. Let everything ease off. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so thank you so much, Sam and Els and Kay. We didn't laugh that much. I thought we'd laugh a bit more because yeah. we always laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it comes out. We held them cackles in boy. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to hear us cackle. 